0: What's up, everybody? If you're good, Sam, good. If you're not good today, that's okay. I got a great message for you. I think that will help you. Real quick, I wanted to uh, remind you about our Christmas services time. So, 24th, Sunday, the 24th, it's at 10, 12, 2, and 4. 10, 12, 2, and 4. Make sure you get here early, uh, especially if you're bringing some family and friends. Make sure you get a good seat. Typically, we're in overflow during those uh, uh, services. So, And the other thing is, too, I'm, I'm uh, having a lifelong dream come true this, uh, this Christmas as we have a Christmas choir playing for us, but it's not too late to sign up for that. If you like to sing, uh, then sign up so you can text choir to 77453. And I was reminded this weekend I needed to tell you that it's not every single service that you'd be singing, so you're not here for four services, you're just here for two they're splitting it up. So you choose 10, 10 or 12 or uh, two and four. So we're not going to make you sing all four services. So if that's something you want to do, uh, that'd be great to have you here. It's really, really going to enhance our experience for sure. Uh, and we got a children's choir as well uh, that's singing Silent Night for us at the end of the service. It's going to be sweet. So it's going to be a great, great day together. Uh, we are continuing our Christmas series on hope and joy. And peace, last week we talked about hope, uh, and this week we're talking about joy. Everybody say joy. joy. Say it again. Joy. One more time. Joy. joy. Words that you see all over the place this time of year, hope, joy, and peace. And you know, Galatians 5.22 says that the fruit of God's Holy Spirit is love and joy. And peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. And so we know that when we live a life where we invite God's Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us and be around us, then a natural product of that lifestyle is that we are full of joy. So we should be the most joy-filled people group on the planet. Cross Timbers Church should be oozing joy, especially this time of year, we're going to break that down a little bit more and how to do that. Because, you know, joy does not come naturally to me. There's a lot of ways someone might describe me. But a real joyful person is probably not the way that someone would describe Josiah. I just I, It's not a natural bent for me. Uh, I'm not, I'm not um, real optimistic all the time. My story isn't really full of joy. You know, I've, I've told, you, told many of you um, before, I'm, I've always battled depression. And in that depression, alcoholism. And so there's been really, really dark years and seasons of my life where I felt so depressed. I felt like I needed to numb out my emotions. I just wasn't experiencing any joy in life. And so for me to get up here and talk about joy, it's kind of ironic, but I just want to humbly come before you and just share a couple thoughts that, that, that I've learned about it, and it's kind of therapeutic for me to process out what God has taught me in this area, and maybe it'll be helpful for you as well, but here's, here's the first thing that I want you to know that I have learned about joy, and it's this, you can write this down if you want, joy is not discovered, joy is developed. Joy is not something you discover, it's something you develop with discipline and with time. It's, it's, I don't think joy is something you can find, I think it's only something you can foster. That's why whenever we're feeling joyless, and we might try to find it in a new marriage or a new car or a new house or a new outfit or a new job, and it will never work because you don't discover joy, you develop joy. Now, the good news is this. That means that anybody can learn how to have joy. You know, those just annoyingly happy people, the obnoxiously optimistic individuals. You don't have to be one of those, but you can find joy in all circumstances, no matter the pain or the trauma or the challenge or the grief or the trials that you are experiencing. There's joy to be have. That's why James, the brother of Jesus, says in James 1 verse 2, he says, I count it as a pure joy When I face trials of many kind, how can someone find joy during a trial? Because it's something that you develop, not discover. So the second thing that I've learned about joy is that God really wants you to be joyful. He wants that for you. He wants you to wake up with a genuine excitement and contentment and enjoyment for life, not just during the holiday seasons, but forever, for eternity. Uh, in fact, um, John 15, 11 says that Jesus desires that your joy may be made complete, that you be overflowing with joy. It's filled up to the Brim, he actually says he wants you to have the same joy that he has. How about that? That's some Jesus joy. That's not discounted joy. That's like some Jesus joy right there. Sign me up for that. Somewhere along the way, we started believing that being a Christian is synonymous with being miserable. You know, that's why you might go into one of these old churches and it's all buttoned up and no one's smiling. Everyone looks Like they're sad or at a funeral because they think they might offend God with their joy. And I'm telling you, I hear it all the time. Like one of the ways that we cope with challenges in life is we tell ourselves or we teach other people that maybe that's just the way that God uh, wants you to feel right now. Maybe that's part of God's plan for you to be feeling miserable right now. I'll tell you what's part of God's plan. God's plan is for you to live life in his presence. In Psalm 1611, says that in his presence, there is fullness of joy. That's what it says. And He says that his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So I always personally hate it uh, when pastors, if you listen to enough preaching, you'll hear pastors say something like, uh, God's more concerned with your holiness than he is your happiness. I just think that's a load. I mean, what what good father doesn't want their children to be happy? There's not a single one of you in this room that think to themselves, "I don't care if my kid has a drip of joy in their life. I just want them to be obedient." Okay. That's awful. Of course, I want them to be obedient, but I want them to have joy in their life. Of course, God wants you to live a holy life, but he does care about your happiness. We'll, we'll go to great lengths to see our kids smile, won't we? We're doing, we have this dumb little elf that comes to our house every night, called an elf on a shelf, and he flies in from the North Pole every, every night. He flies in from the North Pole, and he is up to some shenanigans. Let me tell you something. In fact, I promise you on my life, listen, my toenails are painted pink right now (laughs) because the elf thought it would be funny to paint my toenails pink while I was sleeping last night. That's the God-honest truth right there. Isn't that so silly? Last year... Uh, our elf decided that he was going to hang out on our chandelier. And he was hanging on to a light bulb up there. And mommy forgot that he was up there. So about halfway through the day, she flipped the light on and Buddy Peppermint caught on fire. (laughs) The house was full of smoke. So Buddy Peppermint's hanging on for dear life, got a big black hole in his head. We had to call the uh, elf medical doctors, the EMDs, and they had to do a craniotomy on him so that his brain wouldn't swell. And we said he went back to the North Pole and he came back good as new this year. Did I mention my toenails are pink right now? We'll go to great lengths to see our kids smile and see them experience joy. And so how much more would a heavenly father, a perfect heavenly father, go to see you experience joy? And I know bad things happen in life, but God isn't punishing you. His desire is for you to have a complete joy-filled life. So, So you got this seemingly perfect combination of our desire to experience joy, right? We all desire that. And then God's desire for you to experience joy. So the natural question is, well, how come I don't always feel joy, joyful? How come some days I feel joyless? And I think that it's because a lot of times we misunderstand what joy is. And because we misunderstand what joy is for us, we miss the joy that's right in front of us. So let's talk about what joy is is uh, joy is not an involuntary response to something that is good. It is a voluntary response to the goodness of God. Joy is not an involuntary response to something good. It is a voluntary response to the goodness of God. Uh, involuntary response to something good is happiness. I bite into a double bacon cheeseburger, then I feel happy inside. Come on. But joy is this voluntary response to the goodness of God. This uh, word joy that's used over and over again in the Bible, the Greek word, the word that Jesus used when he said he wants us to experience joy, the word that Paul used when he says he was having joy in prison, The word that James used when he says he counts it all a joy, the word that Hebrews uses when it says that Jesus had joy on the cross, that word is a Greek word uh, called kara. Everybody say kara. It's a word we get charismatic from. Uh, In this word, if you do a Greek analysis study, kind of deep dive into the definition, here's the definition of it. I love it. It says this. Kara means a peaceful delight you experience when you choose to focus on the goodness of God. A peaceful delight you experience when you choose to focus on the goodness of God. See, joy is only found when you focus on what is good. That's why a lot of times joy is a focus before it's a feeling, Joy is a focus before it's a feeling. A lot of times we walk around and say, what's wrong with me? I'm not feeling a lot of joy in life. There's nothing wrong with your feelings, but there might be something wrong with your focus. Because a lot of times joy is a focus before it's a feeling. So it comes from us focusing on what is good, what is pure, what is right, what is Holy, that's why you can have joy in the darkest seasons of your life. Because why? God is always doing something good in your life. He always is. It's the nature of who he is. It's why Jesus was able to have joy while hanging on the cross. Because God is always doing something good. It's also why nobody can ever steal your joy. If you say, that person's stealing my joy... That's impossible. It's impossible. Because it's never about the circumstances around you. It's about how good God is to you. So we got to learn to focus on what is good. Now, if this is still hard for you, then I would encourage you to broaden your scope on what is of God. Might challenge some theology here in just a minute. Like a lot of times we equate the goodness of God with scripture and with worship and with church and with prayer and with fellowship. And that's fine. God's goodness can be found in those things, but God's goodness is also found in your health, in your kids, in laughter, in good food, in good drink, in good music. So, yeah, sometimes. The goodness of God is found when we're raising our hands during a worship service. Sometimes the goodness of God is found when you're stuffing your face with Christmas cookies listening to Mariah Carey. Goodness of God is everywhere. So if you have a hard time finding it, then you need to broaden your scope of what is of God. If it's good, it's God. If it's good, it's God. So we can find joy in our kids and with our families and during the, at the dinner table and eating a good steak and having good drink and having good friendship. If it's good, it's God. Uh, last year, we went to, uh, we made it, had a road trip during Thanksgiving to New Mexico. Uh, we went to Santa Fe and we went to Taos. And me and my wife got in the biggest fight of our life in Santa Fe. I call it the Battle of Santa Fe (laughs) to this day. It's not a road trip unless you get in an argument with your spouse. I'm just saying. And uh, we went to Taos. And, you know, there's this place in Taos, kind of out in the desert a little bit. It's called uh, the Royal Gorge Bridge. It's uh, nicknamed the Bridge to Nowhere because it goes out into the desert. And 650 feet above the river that's below. It's just beautiful. It's just beautiful scenery. So we took our kids to go see that. and um, it was it, the, the day was beautiful and the sun was shining and glistening off of the river. And we were just enjoying this experience together and these, these core memories that we were making. And I can honestly say that I experienced joy in that moment. Because I was looking all at the goodness of God through his creation and through my family and just through that moment. And so uh, the next morning, we decided to drive back to Dallas. And it was about a 12-hour drive, right? And so we got up at 3 a.m. and we started driving back home. Now, to get home, we had to cross over that same bridge. But things were a little bit different this time because it was dark and it was cold. And it was frosty, and the roads were a little slick. And so I'm driving over this 650-foot bridge, white-knuckling it, curves and everything, trying to make sure I keep my family alive. And the only thing that I could see was what my light was shining on, and it was the road ahead of me, and it was miserable. Same place, same bridge, same scenery, but a completely different emotion because of where my light was shining. Now listen, the only difference between joy and misery is where you choose to shine your light. It's where you choose to focus. I know what's bad in life, but what's good? We can all go around the room and talk about what's bad. I know that this time of year, you can be divided at the dinner table, but what's good? I know this time of year reminds you of addiction. It does for me too. But what is good? I know Christmas can be hard for some families. It reminds you of grief and loss. But what's good? I know it's stressful. I got three little kids at home. We're trying to move right now. We got Christmas coming up. It's all stressful. But what is good? Focus on what is good because that's where you find your joy on focusing on the goodness of God in your life. Again, it's something you develop, it's not something you discover. So the one of the ways that I develop it is I make a little two degree shift in my life. I like to live by the rule of two degrees. And so the rule of two degrees says that you don't have to make a big change in your life, you can just make a little change. And a little change over a long period of time makes a big difference. If you're flying out from L.A. and you're going to New York City, if you make a two-degree shift, you're going to land in Baltimore, two completely different places, but just a small change. And so I like to make just little changes in my life, little two-degree shifts. And one of the ways that I do that is whenever I'm experiencing something good, I like to say, that brings me joy. So I'm sitting there having a great conversation with my wife over some good food, and I'll say. That brings me joy. Just focusing, just recognizing, sitting on the couch, watching my kids play with their friends next door. That brings me joy. And I just want to challenge you this week to make a two-degree shift in your life. Whenever something good happens, say out loud, that brings me joy. Let me end with this. There's a uh, passage in um, Matthew 2.10. It's a Christmas story. And the wise men were coming to meet Jesus. And in Matthew 2.10 it says that they looked at the star and they were overjoyed. Interesting. These guys were astrologists uh, from Persia probably. They spent their whole life looking at stars, mapping the stars, reading the stars. So why would just another star get them to the place of being overjoyed? Because it wasn't the star that brought them joy. It was what the star was pointing to. The star was pointing to the goodness of God that Christ has been Born. Emmanuel, he is with us. The prophecies were true. That is what brought them joy. Listen, God has placed stars all in your life that point to his goodness. We just have to do a good job of focusing on the goodness of God to experience that joy. You know, yesterday, Uh, yesterday, we had an event here at Cross Timbers called a gift of hope. And the gift of hope is where, because of your generosity and the way that you give, we're able to provide Christmas for families who wouldn't otherwise have Christmas. And so what that looks like is we filled up our elementary rooms with gifts, like a lot of gifts, and these are really good gifts. I mean, these are gifts anybody would buy for their kids. My kids were walking through, and they were envious of all the gifts, and they were getting excited. And we invite these families to come and shop for their kids. And so some of them have four, five, six kids. They get to shop for all of them individually individually. And uh, they, get to, they we have age-appropriate gifts and split up. So they come in with their shopping cart. They eat really good food. Uh, and then they come in and they pick out all the gifts that they want for their kids. And then they go n- to the room next door. And we have a huge uh, group of volunteers that wraps all of the presents for them and makes sure it's really looks beautiful. And then we have somebody take a shopping cart and we load up their car for them, and we just bless these families. And I think when we're done with it, there'll be about a hundred kids that got Christmas presents that weren't going to receive Christmas presents otherwise. Now, let me tell you something about this. <clears throat> let me tell you a fact about this that's kind of interesting to me. Um, these are all Argyle families, all of them. Uh, We worked with the school, Argyle ISD, with their counselors, with their ESL teachers to get a list of families who were in need. And so this is a very well put together operation that uh, we coordinated with the schools to make this happen. And I'm telling you, it's not families across the DFW that you're never going to run into. We're talking about helping your neighbors. We're talking about helping families in Argyle. So good, man. And I'm so grateful to be a part of a church that's willing to give financially and give their time so that we can help our Argyle family experience a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. The goodness of God is all over. It's all over this place. We just have to make sure that our light is shining on what he's doing. Can we be the most joy-filled people on the planet this year? Can we do that? Can we just, because listen, God has given you the authority to shine your light wherever you want. We should constantly be shining it on his goodness. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much (coughs) that you just desire for us to be joyful, that that's something you want, because you're a good, good father. You're always doing something good in our lives. Help us see it. Help us look past all the crap that's going on and see your goodness. We know we're stressed. We know we're tired. We know life is hard. But what is good? Help us see that. Give us your heavenly perspective on life. God, I pray that we leave here today and we just share the gift of joy with everybody that we come in contact with this week. Let us be really, really good at that. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. Love you guys. Have a great weekend.